All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of TLDR Podcast. We're up to number 44. I don't know how we've been doing it this long, uh, but we're, we keep chugging along here. Uh, but as always, let's uh, let's check in with the boys. Traden, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. Um, I had a little too much fun this past weekend. Mm. Um, that was, <laughs> you, know, you know, you can see where that go. That, that I'm going with that. Um, but now I'm watching the Oilers absolutely tear up the Jets. I'm I'm loving it right now. Ooh, okay, that's that's big news. Uh, Eric and I are down to not talk about hockey for a little bit, um, so we'll skip over we'll that. We'll uh, James, my man, how's your how's your uh, Monday treating you? How's the week? Uh, Monday's okay. Um, week was good. Weekend was fun. Trading, I was hanging out with Trading Kylie and our buddy Jose from visiting from up north. But Trading drank a lot of stuff, <laughs> and <laughs> I dropped him off at his car. But Kylie drove. But I just dropped him off. The dude had to expel to some of that stuff, right? Mm. And he expelled it so hard that the neighbors in the house that he was expelling at came out to go check on him because it was so loud <laughs> and obnoxious and violent. Mm. <laughs> it, it was. Mm. Hey, but it was overall a good day. The next day, I woke up at like five in the morning to go golf. Like, it's a good time. Okay. Um, Trayden, I hope you're feeling better. I'm feeling uh, on that same note, Tyler, remember that time where we played Wizard Staff and then you threw up red velvet cupcakes everywhere? I do. Oh God. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you, fun fact: if you eat red velvet anything and then have a lot of alcohol later, and you and you puke it up later, it's bright red. Which is a fun fact. No. Um, did you yeah. did you go to the hospital because you were like, oh my God. I, I thought I'm for a second I was dying. Yeah, I thought for a second I was dying, but then I realized I had the red velvet cupcakes before. And I was like, okay, that's gotta be gotta be why. So it's all good. But yeah. And then and then remind me, did you want to throw your staff of beer cans across the balcony to another balcony? Yeah, I thought okay. the other balcony wanted to participate in our wizard staff. Mm. And I wanted to enjoy the whole apartment complex in our fun games. So I think gotcha. to do that was just to throw the whole thing at them. Were they bottles? No, yes. cans. or cans. Bottles. <laughs> no. But did, did it make it over? I want to know. No, because no, Alex was the uh, no fun police and he convinced me not to do it. No, we didn't even know those people. So I feel like it was a good idea. What a great way to introduce yourself. Shit at him. <laughs> yeah. That's a good point. <laughs> hey, here's some cans. Yeah. Here's some trash. <laughs> here's some trash. Come have fun. Go recycle it for 25 cents. Come on. Oh, oh man. Um, speaking of trash, Eric, our fantasy <laughs> hockey teams just yeah. garbage. All right, here we go. Yeah, go for Fucking it. Fucking Tyler. Yes. We're going to boot him out of being no. commissioner of this league. Um, it's a it's a two to oh vote, me and Alex versus you, and you're out. It's over. <laughs> you're done. Um, and second off, fucking I'm blaming uh the NHL actually this year for, for making their their layout how it is with the whole divisions and everything and shortened games. It's complete bullshit. Um with the goalie situation, me and Alex both got fucked over. Literally at 5.55, it's telling me Martin Jones is playing, and I have him fucking set to play. I don't play uh, the Blackhawks, Lakenin or whatever, who has 78 points on the bench that night. Um, yeah, that's one thing. Second thing, COVID, Thatcher, Demko, my starting goalie, got me like 80 to 90 points every fucking time he played, out for like months with COVID because the whole Canucks team got a fucking – just infected Elias Pettersson injured COVID everybody's fucked all the divisions are fucked fucking Canada what the fuck Canada 
fucking Tyler, <laughs> terrible commissioner. I've won 12 weeks in a row, and I lose first fucking week. What the fuck? But I'm doing all right, other than that. <laughs> I think that might be a record for most F-bombs <laughs> in one rant we've had so far on the pod. It's um, pretty good. Yeah. So, yeah. trading can my get... way to, like, think. I just yeah. was saying that word. Yeah. No, I get it. Trading can get into it more um, when we get to the hockey segment. Um, but we're going to get right into it. Eric's going to lead us off this week. Um, with a little rivalry talk. We had some rivalry games last week in baseball. We got some, you know, rivalry games coming up. So, Eric, take it away. Thanks, Alex. Um, we're going to get right into it. And, of course, I have the layout with, you know, James being our football guy. I'm going to start with him. Um, my first question is, what are the best and worst rivalries in football in your eyes, James? Um, I have some listed down, too, but I want to hear, like, your best and worst uh, team rivalries. I'm going to kind of take it from a current perspective, something like in the last 10 to 15 years, you know, keep it kind of fresh. Because rivalries in football, they last a long time. And there are some really historic and ancient ones that people all know and love, but they're not so much rivalries anymore. Uh, My personal favorite for the current here and now is the Niners and the Seahawks. Uh, Not just because I'm a Niners fan, but like, honestly, those games, Niners and Seahawks, when they go at it, they're fun to watch. I'm sure you guys all remember the NFC Championship game a couple years back when uh, Richard Sherman was covering Michael Crabtree and for that touchdown, almost had it. But Richard Sherman's just too good. And apparently when he comes out, he's like, if you throw a sorry-ass receiver like Michael Crabtree, I, mean, yeah. I win every time. <laughs> you know? And it's stuff like that. And then even last two years ago, uh, it was a race for the number one seed, the NFC. And they're, since they're both in the NFC West, it's like the, the number one seed – We'll take that number one. The winner takes the number one, and number the loser will take the number five seed. So that's huge because you know home field advantage. And the game ended with a tackle on the one yard line, and that's how the game ended. That is intense, super clutch, fun football to watch. So my personal favorite right now is the Niners and Seahawks rivalry. Yeah, I had a, I had Niners and Seahawks listed. I also have a Rams Seahawks just from. The past few years, not I don't think it's as ten, as intense as that Niners Seahawks playoff rivalry, but you know Rams beating them last year in the playoffs. Um, a couple games before the Seahawks pretty much destroyed the Rams, and um, they were you know smoking cigars like they won the division, and they're they're acting all cocky about it. And of course, we saw a couple weeks later the Rams go in and, and their defense just shuts down the Seahawks. I even have uh, Rams Niners. Um, Maybe it's a little <laughs> NFC West bias. Last <laughs> year, <your> picks. <laughs> last year, for some reason, Rams couldn't even beat the fucking Niners. Um, for some fucking reason. Well, probably because Jared Goff is just terrible and he's not there anymore, thank God. Uh, I have Patriots-Steelers, um, a little bit more of a recent one. I guess we didn't really – I mean, now that Tom Brady's gone, that's kind of done with. But uh, mm-hmm. they've been like two of those top teams in the AFC in the past – um, I have one little one from growing up, Raiders and Chargers. Um, both of them now are, I guess, getting better. But, um, yeah, like growing up, I remember the, when the Raiders were somewhat good and they went to the Super Bowl that, that one year versus the Bucs. Um, That's when the Chargers had Drew Brees and they were on the uprise. And then the Raiders became terrible. And the, But they would always have good games with the Chargers. Um what what is what would you say is your worst rivalry currently right now, James? 
Chiefs and Raiders, hands down. It's a self, <laughs> self-proclaimed self rivalry by the Raiders. Um, the Raiders have won one game against the Chiefs the last couple of years. That was last year. For it to be a rivalry, you have to have more competitive games. And they won one, and it was a close game. But other than that, the Chiefs have just been blowing them out consistently. Not a rivalry at all. I have no idea why the Raiders think they're good enough to even call it rivalry. But that's what it is. And I think that's the worst rivalry out there. Yeah, I I have that written down. And I also have Lions-Vikings. It's kind of like similar, like the Lions claim that they hate the Vikings so much. It's like, dude, you guys aren't even allowed to hate anybody how bad you are. Um, that's it's just, just like what you basically said, but with another division. Player-wise, I have Crabtree and Sherman. I even – I have a Brett Favre when he was on the Packers forever and then he went to – the Vikings. I mean, I feel like the Packers fans didn't really hate on him for doing that, but it was kind of weird, you know, going from like that team that basically they hate each other and have hate each other, hated each other forever. Um, I also have the whole NFC East versus T.O. I feel like they all <laughs> hated him. Um, Everybody, yeah, for sure. Tyler, would you say you hated on T.O. when he was on the uh, Cowboys? Yeah, I didn't. Well, I, when Teal was a, kind of around, I wasn't really into football back then, so I don't really remember those days quite as much. Like, I didn't really get into football, probably like really get into it to, to, to like high school. So it was kind of like after those heydays. So I don't really remember that very well, yeah. but I'm sure if I was a bigger fan, then that would be a huge one for sure. Yeah, you would have hated him. Yeah. Um, so you, we kind of got into this like, uh, what are some new and interesting rivalries, um, James, that you've seen uh, in the NFL? Dude. I mean, okay, so this is on... It could be players and teams. I'm just going to do teams. Right. But right now, I have the Chiefs and the Ravens and the Chiefs and the Texans. Uh, mainly because you have two young, budding superstars on all on those teams. Patrick Mahomes is a superstar. Lamar Jackson is a generational superstar in his own right. And if Deshaun Watson gets through his court cases, he's also a generational <laughs> quarterback. The fact of the matter is, like, these guys are all good and can carry their teams. They're explosive. They're fun to watch. They're going to face off time and time again. I mean, we... Chiefs, Ravens, we see that often. We would love watching those games. It's two different styles of offenses, two different styles of quarterbacks, but still a great game to watch, always competitive. Yeah. Um, so you're telling me, uh, what's his name? Deshaun Watson versus Massage Therapist is one of the newest rivalries. <laughs> no, that's it might fucked be, up. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I have uh, Browns versus Steelers, actually. That's a good um, one. I think it all started when – I don't even know the guy's name, even though he's like their superstar defensive lineman when he smashed oh, the guy. Yes. And he took the helmet off the uh, Mason Rudolph. Yes. And he smashed him in the head. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and like a meaningless game, basically, for both teams and smashed him in the head with his own helmet. That's what started off. And then last year, the whole Juju Smith Schuster doing his trash little fucking dance on the Browns logo in the playoffs and then the Browns uh, end up molly whopping them. And then they all start saying a bunch of shit back to him. It's like, it's created a good little rivalry and plus fuck the Steelers. Um, <laughs> and then I got player wise, I got Tom Brady versus Mahomes. Seems to be a, a good little rivalry. I don't think like I don't know they if that's going to last very long, bro. Yeah, I know. I don't think they think of it either. I think people like me just like try to project it, but you know, when, Tom Brady was on the Patriots and they won an overtime versus the Chiefs that one year to go to the Super Bowl. And then you see last year they play each other in the Super Bowl and we all saw what happened. Um, 
but yeah, that's pretty much what I got for football. Um, let's get into uh, baseball and then everyone can chime in too. Alex, I know you have a lot of baseball knowledge too. Tyler, I'm going to kind of hit you with the same questions um, since you are a baseball guy. What's your best and worst rivalries of baseball? So historically, the best rivalry hands down in baseball is Red Sox Yankees. I um, mean, you can't really beat that. The, the, the history behind that, the amount of, you know, heated confrontations those two t- teams have had, um, the history, um, all the all the postseason games and in, in series that that, 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 they, that they played against each other. Um, Red Sox Yankees hands down is the best is the best rivalry historically in baseball. Uh, Dodgers Giants I think is right there uh, be, behind them. Um, they don't have as much postseason history as as uh, Red Sox Yankees, so I think that's kind of why the Red Sox Yankees I think are a little bit higher. I think when two teams that hate each other play each other when it matters in the postseason, that's when it really gets good. Um, and the Red Sox Yankees just have so many of them, and it's just it's it's so hard to beat that. Um, the, the Dodgers and Giants never really seem to both be really good at the same time. Like maybe one year and they kind of battle for a division. That's kind of it. Um, but they never really played a meaningful postseason um, series, certainly not in uh, my, my lifetime. Um, but currently, I mean, right now in 2021, Dodgers, Padres, I mean, we're going to get into it a little bit later. Historically, those two teams haven't had, had much. But, you know, right now, I think what make, makes rivalries good are two teams that have beef with each other on, 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 on both sides that are competitive and that are trying to win um, and, and are at, at, the, at the top of their game. Um, and they're playing for, for the same division and they're pl- playing for this for, for the same prize. So uh, currently it's Dodgers Padres, but historically Red Sox Yankees. Yeah. I mean, you kind of just answered like seven questions in one, which is good. Um, that's nice and efficient. efficient. I like it. Yeah. I, uh, I have Dodgers Giants, Yankees, Red Sox. I even have Angels Dodgers. I mean, it's, you can call it a rivalry. I just, I, you can call it like the Kings ducks, but we're not really, we're on the same division and all that, or even, you know, in the same, you guys are national, we're American, but you can call it a rivalry because the whole free, huh? So it's not even the same level of play. I know. It's fun. It's yeah, that not one's yet. hard. Yeah. That not one's yet. hard just because like, as you mentioned, they're not even playing, they're not even in the same league. So um, the games yeah. they play each other don't mean a whole lot um, in terms of, you know, standings and stuff. It's, it's more just for fans bragging rights, I think, more than anything else, which is, st- yeah. which is still fun. And I think that's a, that's a good, you know, thing for the fans. But I think for the teams and kind of what it means, it doesn't really mean much. So I think that's why it's hard to kind of label it as a rivalry. Yeah. Um, it's a series matchup. Yeah, unless it's the World Series, and that'd be awesome. But, that, but I mean, I believe they, they play this weekend, so we'll get our bet May wagers 8th. going. Guys, May 8th. May 8th. Um, Be there. Yeah, so player wise, I I have um from what I remember, remember when Pedro Martinez just chucked that Yankees manager on the ground, like he said, Red Sox Yankees. Yeah, Red Sox Yankees. It's <laughs> one of it's crazy. one of many great moments. It's crazy how many times they've literally like just battled each other in the playoffs and had a bunch of shit like that happen. Yeah. I have um, Machado versus the Dodgers. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, but like you said, that's tackling the new and interest, new and interesting, which I would say is Padres Dodgers could be like one of the most interesting um, uh, rivalries that's that has begun probably since like last year when the Padres finally started doing all right. Um, Tatis versus Bauer is already like pick, picked up yeah. to a new uh, rivalry. I was gonna say the- that, that one's probably the probably the best current one. I mean, Trevor Bauer versus anyone really. He just yeah. he 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 loves to go after everybody. So, 
um, yeah, the, you know, Bauer, Bauer Tatis will be a really fun one. I got, I got, um, angels Astros as well as Dodgers Astros. I mean, Dodgers Astros because of the whole world series and the cheating and all that shit. And then angels Astros, cause they are in the same division and they always seem to battle each other. Um, I feel like we've traded a bunch of guys to their team that are now doing good. So another reason for us to hate them. Um, yeah. And that's pretty much what I got for baseball, Tyler. <laughs> you pretty much tackled it all right there. I, I put old and boring Phillies just because they're just old and boring. Fuck them. Just all the Phillies um, matches. Just, just, just all the Phillies. Any team the Phillies ever play is just a boring game. <laughs> they're kind um, of a boring team. Yeah. See. <laughs> there you go. Alex, you got anything to chime in with baseball-wise? Uh, <clears throat> yeah, Cubs, Cardinals. That's a historic that's one. A good one. Um, you know, typically the Cardinals have been pretty good and the Cubs have won, you know, one World Series in the last 120 years. So uh, Cubs Cardinals is always a good one. Um, like Eric Gagne, Barry Bonds as like a player matchup, just power, power, like Broids, Roids 2003. Yeah. Uh, that's that's a good one. I thought of I thought of. Uh, but yeah, nice. I mean, right now, Dodgers Padres. I mean, it's the best. Right? Yeah. Uh, Yasiel Puig versus uh, Madison Bumgarner. Oh, yeah, that was a good one. That was a good one. Who would win in that fight? See, that's that's one that a lot of people have – we debated this a lot. Yeah. I mean, it's hard. I feel like Puig definitely has more of the physicality, and he's just crazy. But I think Bumgarner might have a little more tactical, like, IQ. He's country boy. Yeah. Dude, yeah, he's, yeah, boy he's a farm. Exactly, you got the farm think, workers. Right? I yeah. think pre pre injury, I might give it to Bumgarner. Post like shoulder issues, <laughs> yeah, nah, it's gotta be it's gotta be Puig. Yeah, I would. I I think I'll I'll give the slight edge to Puig, but I'm a little biased. It's on like that. a matador with a bull, like yeah, <laughs> yeah. pretty much, yeah. <laughs> um, nice. That's some some good stuff right there. Uh, let's get into hockey, trading. Hockey just seems to be like. You know, you hate every every team that's not your own um, on the ice, and it's just great because they just let them fight. You know, so I feel like they all they all have a good amount of respect for each other. But right off the bat, you know, I'm getting into the bet. What are your best rivalries of hockey? Yeah, so I I, I got to start with the obvious one because I think it's kind of reborn had been reborn in the last couple of years, and that's the Battle of Alberta. Mostly because, and I'm so fired up about that. Obviously, um, back in back in 1980, when Atlanta moved from when Atlanta moved the team to Calgary, that's when the rivalry you know started. And in that time, Gretzky was you know in the 80s. Gretzky was part of the um, part of the Oilers, and they won you know many cups there. And Calgary was you know close behind, and they were both very very good in that era. And they and those were those are bloody those are those are bloody rivalries, and we saw it last year. Um, February 1st last year, we saw a goalie fight and like 10 goals in a, in a, in a game. Like it was, it, it, it was, it was something that I never saw as a, as a, as a kid. Um, but it's something my dad saw. So we got to, you got, we got to experience that together in this day and age, which was unbelievable. It felt like it was old school hockey. Um, and that's still continuing, even though Calgary is not that great. Um, there, there's still some good skill on both ends. Um, and I think that that's going to be, you know, as, as long as Calgary at least stays in there. That's going to be a strong one. Um, any, I mean, any rivalry that has to do with the original six, you could, you can mix and match any of the original six and you're going to have a, you're going to have a decent rivalry, but the biggest one by far 
is Montreal versus Boston. Montreal versus Boston is 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 basically the Red Sox Yankees. I was just gonna say that, yeah. It's it's it, they're, they're it's the oldest rivalry in the NHL. Um, they've faced each other 927 times over you know over these over 100 years, 11 full 11 full 82 game seasons between the two between the two of them, 29 Stanley Cups between the two of them, which is a which is roughly 29 25 percent of all the cups ever ever won. Uh, and they just absolutely hate each other. So you you add in this fact that they're both they're one of the original six teams, right? So they're playing each other back in the day. They're playing each other, you know, not, you know, night in, night out. And then there's also the not only is there a team kind of loyalty thing, but there's also a country loyalty thing. You know, Canada versus USA, which you know is has always been such a heated rivalry. Which leads me to probably the biggest current hockey and not just NHL but hockey um, um, rivalry, and that's actually US for versus Canada in the women's in the women's league. Um, though though there has not been any other country between between the you know outside of those two that have won a, a uh, an olympic gold medal um any world championship anything there's even there's even exhibition rivalry series just for those two teams just so they can face each other five times and beat each other up in any way that they can and those girls are incredible those women are absolutely incredible so that that is probably the hottest rivalry in the in the in, in the hockey world um and then i gotta i guess i gotta give a shout out to um you know, back in the, in the 90s, early 2000s, the Red Wings versus Colorado. Um, that was when they were in the same division. The, like it was those two teams just absolutely hated each other. And, and I lived in, I lived in Montana. Our, our, uh, in Montana, everyone loved the Red Wings because I'm sorry, the Avalanche because they were the closest there. And all you heard was, oh, you know, fuck the Red Wings, fuck the Red Wings. That's all it was when I was growing up. And, you know, I'm an Oilers fan. So it really didn't, you know, you know, it really didn't matter to me, but Huh. Um, those th- that is cons- that was considered probably the biggest rivalry you know up until you know recent times which you know I, recent rivalries i don't there's not there's not as much anymore just because the fighting's kind of gone away you know the game's kind of changing um but you'll always have you know battle of alberta you always have the original six battles and and i guess washington and and pittsburgh is kind of a forced one i, yeah. I i'm kind of tired of that one but it is what it yeah. is I got um, you know, I got to throw in our Kings bias. Kings Sharks, uh, was yeah. once a good rivalry, with the playoff battles for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Kings Ducks has been more of like a refurbished rivalry Definitely. because they're both just so terrible now. So it's like but, every time they but, play each other, they're like, yeah, it's on right now as we speak. But until recently, they were very good. They were, you know, yeah. like all the Canadian teams before, you know, last couple of years were all good. And it and those three teams have just hated each other this whole time. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Kings, Ducks, Kings and Sharks. And then even like Sharks and Ducks, they have a little bit of a rivalry. They were like more in the past. They played each other in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, uh, I got Kings, Blackhawks when both of them were kind of on their runs. Um they didn't like each other. They beat us one year in the playoffs and won the cup. Next year, we beat them in the playoffs and won the cup. Um, I got your Canadians, Bruins, Oilers, Flames. I'd say, yeah, like kind of now uh, the worst rivalries or the ones that are just old and boring now is like Penguins, uh, Capitals seems to be kind of old. Um, Penguins, Flyers, that seems to be an older yeah. one that yeah. you don't really hear about anymore. The, the, um, the, the ones that I probably hate the most, to be honest, and thank God, because NBC is no longer going to be doing our games, at least allegedly. 
NBC really forces rivalries and it's and rivalries, as you guys can agree in any of these sports, they can't be forced. They have to be organic. And when, you know, when they're shoved down our throats, it gets so old and, and the teams just aren't into it. They're not into it enough for, for it to be an actual rivalry until yeah. we actually see blood on the ice. There's not a rivalry. <laughs> well, that's like almost every night in hockey. So I guess uh, there, there's rivalry <laughs> every anymore, night. Trading. Not anymore. Okay. It's, it's actually kind of sad. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, like you said, they have like Wednesday night rivalry, the night you love to hate or something like that. But we won't be seeing that once ESPN comes in the mix. Um, I have player-wise, like I have uh, Crosby versus Ovechkin. Um, you know, people always try to like make that a rivalry. I'd yeah. probably rather take Ovechkin because he would just beat the hell out of him probably. Yeah. But but Crosby seems to be more talented, makes his team better, where Ovechkin just scores a lot and – I agree. Just a horse. Um, Cassian versus Kachuk. That kind of was something that came up last year. Yeah. Two bums. Two bums I wouldn't want on ever on my team. I think I think there's a bit of a rivalry with Kachuk and Dowdy. That's clear. Yeah, I was, that's what I was going to get to next. That's Dowdy cool. and Kachuk. So everybody hates Kachuk. Fuck them. We all know that. Everybody loves Dowdy. Uh, end of story. Ryan and Reeves then, versus uh, um, Evander Kane is hysterical. That is, I want to see Evander Kane fight him again. Uh, Evander Kane has that. Kane would not be stupid enough to do that because Ryan Reeves would knock his teeth in. I want to see Reeves get knocked on the ice, like just punched out. I want like Lucic to grab him. I don't think he would ever do that though. But well, the way the NHL formatted this year, that we're not going to see that. So thanks, NHL, you fucks. (laughs) Um, The last thing I'll say: uh, new and interesting series rivalries of uh of hockey i got uh bruins rangers that mm-hmm. kind of happened this year but because of the whole division shit um kings vegas because they just they swept us in the playoffs and we need to play them again in the playoffs one day redeem ourselves sharks vegas has been a good one yes that's that's the that right seems to be one of the newer better ones yeah and then I guess even you could say this year, we'll see if in the playoffs if it happens, Wild versus Vegas. The Wild have that little spark. Um, they're actually, I think, like three and one or like four and one versus Vegas. They've like had their number this whole year. So it'd be interesting to see them in the playoffs. I don't know if you got any more trading or, um, or Alex no, or anybody. I mean, you kind of hit them all. I, 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 while I don't want it to be forced, I hope that I hope that Vancouver can get a regional rivalry in Seattle. Um, you know, they'll face each other four to five times a year. And I hope that, I hope that the both teams are good enough for it can actually be, you know, an organic battle for that, for the Pacific Northwest. Um, other than that, that's all I got. Nice. Yeah. Tackle all the ones that, uh, I was expecting to tackle, uh, last but not least, Alex, we got the NBA, um, seems to be lots of historical rivalries and new ones. Um, but what are your best and worst rivalries? Yeah, so three best off the top of my head, or not, well, I mean, like that I can think of. Um, you know, watching the last dance, uh, Bulls Pistons for sure. Michael Jordan, Isaiah Thomas. That was a different time in the NBA. I mean, they literally beat the shit out of each other on the court. Like okay. there was, you couldn't get away with that in today's NBA in a heartbeat. So Bulls Pistons for sure. Um, uh, then a little more recent. Lakers, Spurs, Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, Kobe, Shaq. Those were like growing up. 
I mean, they seemed like they met in the playoffs all the time. They were both really good all the time. You know, Tim Duncan's got five championships. Kobe's got five. Those were big ones. And then, uh, you know, historically, the most historic one is obviously Lakers Celtics. They've played in the finals against each other the most out of any two teams in any sport ever. They both are now tied with 17 championships apiece. The Lakers have won a lot more recently. The Celtics, you know, went on an incredible run with Bill Russell. Um, So Lakers Celtics uh, player wise, I mean, kind of LeBron Steph, like a recent one, except the NBA now is they're so like buddy, buddy that it's kind of hard to call it a rivalry, but they play, you know, when they play, yeah, when they play, you know, five times in the, or four or five times, whatever it is in a row, um, LeBron Steph, the worst one, Eric, close your ears, Lakers Clippers. It's (laughs) tough. Sorry, Clippers fans, but like you haven't done shit. So you can't really be a rival of the Lakers. (laughs) <laughs> it's it's more of like a like this like the last two years only, but they haven't played each other in the playoffs yet. You know the Clippers have unfortunately like nothing to their name in the side of history, where the Lakers are one of the two most historic franchises in the league. So uh, we haven't really said worst much, but that one to me is hands down the worst. Um. Yeah. I mean, you're right. The Clippers have nothing to prove. They have zero championships, zero Western Conference Finals. I saw, like, a stat. I'm trying to find it right now because you you sparked me. But in the last, like, five years, the Clippers have beaten the Lakers. I think the Lakers have only beat the Clippers, like, five times or something. And since, like, the Blake Griffin, Chris Paul, DeAndre Jordan era, when the Lakers, you know, in Kobe's last few years and all that. So I would say just more of recently – as far as just like the rivalry of them playing each other, the Clippers have had their number, but as far as, yeah, doing it in the playoffs, you know, we, the Clippers just don't have that in them yet, hopefully. Um, but yeah, the, the Lakers, Celtics, um, all the Bulls, Pistons, I have all those. I got 76ers, Celtics has seemed to be more of a recent one. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, I mean, the Celtics have just beaten them down. I feel like this year, if they see each other, it's kind of going to be different. 76ers finally got some life. Player-wise, historically speaking, like Magic versus Bird. Um, Michael Jordan and the original Isaiah Thomas. I have now a recent Paul George and Devin Booker kind of seem to like uh, butt heads with each other. Paul George and Dame. Yeah, and – I was just going to say everybody versus Paul George. I feel like a lot of people go at Paul George because he, he also is another guy that hasn't really done, proved it in the playoffs, you know? So he's an easy target to go at. Um, Chris Paul and Rondo. We kind of remember that, that whole uh, baffle. Um, I know that they still kind of, you know, beef when they, when they play each other um, team wise, new and interesting but also could be the worst is Clippers Lakers um, Suns jazz is this year a little bit more of an interesting seems to be kind of a rivalry forming because it's like the one they're the one and two seeds and they play each other a good amount. They're not far from each other. They match up pretty well. Clippers jazz. Um, the jazz have had the Clippers number since they took them out in the playoffs, like four years ago. Uh, that was like Chris Paul's last year there. Knicks and Nets seem to have a little bit of a rivalry going right now. I think with the Knicks just finally, like, not being complete dog shit um, and 
becoming a better team. Uh, they're giving the Nets some good battles. Um, Ron, Ron, this Ar- isn't really- Ron Artest versus uh, fans of the stands. <laughs> yeah, versus everybody in the, in the yeah, versus Meta World Peace, bro. Well, he was Ron Artest then. That was, that was okay, before. the player formerly known as Ron Artest, now Meta World Peace, versus anyone that's not on his team or fans. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. Uh, this isn't really a rivalry, but Lakers-Pelicans last year because uh, Anthony Davis got traded for, like, five guys that were all there on the Lakers. So I, I know I feel like those guys were all, you know, butthurt about it, Lonzo and Ingram and all them. Um but it's their fault. They didn't do shit when they were there, so they got traded. Um, yeah, I guess one other one you can mention, but it's kind of old and boring now, is the Thunder versus Trailblazers, which was the origination of the Paul George versus Dame um, rivalry. James, you got any other uh, basketball ones? Just an old, like the Bulls and the Jazz back in the day. John Stockton, Karl Malone, Michael Jordan. That was yeah. some good, good basketball. Uh, yeah. This is like a long shot, but I think one that's budding and will be one in the future would be the Hornets and the Pelicans. Lamella versus Zion, two young guns. They're both kind of leading their teams on a good start, especially with the Hornets right now. Like Lamella is injured, but he's going to get better. He's, he's, he looks good. So in the future, in the next 10 years or so, I'd, I'd look out for that rivalry. Yeah. And then it, the last one we got to mention is what Alex was talking the Warriors versus LeBron, um, just because they kind of seem to have his number. Uh, you know, in the finals, I mean, what did they beat him two or three times, even though he did have that historic um, comeback series versus them. But yeah, the NBA is always playing tummy sticks with it, you know, trying to make it look like they're boys and all this shit. But, you know, that's just, that's just the difference of all the leagues around, but that's why we have sports. That's why we have rivalries. And that is all I got for this segment, guys. That was fun. I mean, rivalries are great. We all love them, obviously. Um, when we come back, we're going to talk more rivalries with Tyler starting off. Uh, <laughs> we're into week three, four, whatever week we are into baseball. Uh, we'll be right back. All right, boys and girls, we are back. Uh, Tyler, take us through week three, you know, up through week three of baseball. Uh, hot storylines. Oh, damn moments, whatever you call them. Go for it. Damn. Oh, damn moments. Uh, it's kind of the last two weeks because I, I hosted last week, so I didn't have one of these segments. So um, we're going to go through uh, four of the biggest oh, damn moments uh, baseball's had to offer. Uh, we're getting towards the end of the first month here. Um, so things are starting to heat up and kind of, you know, uh, get going. So uh, I, I want to lead off. We, we, we just talked about uh, rivalries. So we're going to talk about the, uh, the Dodgers and the Padres. As I mentioned earlier, you know, I think hands down the best rivalry in, in, in sports to watch right now. Um, they just had their two back-to-back weekend series. The first one in San Diego, uh, Dodgers took two or three in San Diego. Then the uh, series shifted to Los Angeles and the Padres took three or four uh, this weekend from the Dodgers. Um, that, late inning uh, comeback last night. Uh, that one hurt a little bit. Um, so quite, quite incredible for, for Nando Tatis, five home runs in the series. Um, quite a statement there by Tatis and, 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 and the, uh, the, the Padres. Uh, so if this was a seven game series, San Diego would have won it in seven um, on, 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 on that seventh game, but that's what you want. Um, I thought it was a phenomenal start to this uh, rivalry. 
Um, so Alex, just, I, uh, want to, I just want to know like kind of your favorite moment or, or moments from, from the, from the first seven games. Um, and then ultimately at the end of the season, uh, who do you think is going to win this, this, uh, regular season uh, matchup? Uh, okay. So from the first series, it's gotta be Mookie Betts' game saving catch in game two. Um, it was something like a 10% catch probability. You don't really see walk-off catches very often. You know, it's not, let's, you know, usually it's like, oh, it's a, you know, pop fly to center game's over, but no 10% catch probability Mookie Betts sealing the win for the Dodgers there. Um, as a fan of baseball, having Fernando Tatis healthy and playing at an extremely high level is super exciting to see. Not the greatest when it's against your favorite team, but yeah, five homers in a three-game span. That's pretty amazing. He looks healthy. You know, we were talking, we've talked about it off air. I was real worried about it. You know, you don't usually come back from a dislocated shoulder and just be sort of fine. So Tatis going off. Um, Dodgers fans booing Manny Machado is super funny. Um, you know, it's, it is interesting because Machado never hustled for the, you know, granted like three months he played for the Dodgers. And then all of a sudden he's like hustles all the time for the Padres. Um, it's yeah, it's, it's the greatest rivalry in sports right now. Um, what I think is going to happen is the Padres are going to win the season series, but they'll still be 10 games back. (laughs) <laughs> Dodgers obviously because I want James's money um but I think it's I think every I mean every single one of these games has been super close um the Dodgers starting pitching seems to be a little bit better their bullpen's a little iffy right now the Padres offense is I would say almost better than advertised um I mean they have two you know MVP caliber players um you know Hosmer's looking good Cronenworth's looking good all these guys so it's going to be, it's going to be great, but James will be giving me money by the end of the season. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was phenomenal. Uh, I would say the only thing I kind of missed, you know, not, not having uh, Cody Bellinger in there, I think, you know, missing him, that star power doesn't make it quite as exciting. Um, but, but nonetheless, uh, seven amazing games. Um, unfortunately, I, I think the next time they play is in either late June or July. Uh, yeah, it's a while. So it kind of sucks. <laughs> like I, I, I wish we had these every single weekend. Oh, I have another one. I just forgot. Sorry. Yeah. The Trevor Bauer, Fernando Tatis thing. Yes. On both sides is phenomenal. It's great. I mean, Trevor, like Tatis hits a bomb, covers his eye going around first base because that's what Trevor Bauer is doing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, think what you want of Trevor Bauer, but his response was perfect. Like, no, I love it. He hit a bomb off me. He should celebrate. Just like if I'm going to strike him out, I'm going to celebrate. I think, you know, we talked about in the rivalry section, you know, Eric brought it up. Um, but that is like, they're probably the two most fun players you want to watch pitch and hit against each other right now. Absolutely. I think that Trevor Bauer for now, Tatis is going to be phenomenal. They're both very outspoken and very just, they, they are, who they are and they don't give a fuck about what everyone else thinks. And it makes for great baseball because I mean, Trevor Bauer's arguably probably the best starting pitcher on the Dodgers right now. And Fernando Tatis, the best hitter on the Padres. So when those two guys are clashing and they're both just these outspoken, just like, characteristic guys it's absolutely amazing baseball great entertainment so so, so i i totally agree um, with that um so looking forward to the re- remaining four series we have we have left with these teams uh and we'll see what happens um so moving on to my uh my second oh damn moment this actually happened uh yesterday uh madison bumgarner threw a no no hitter 
uh, he with with this uh, new rule in in, in uh, MLB uh, the last couple of years, if there's a double header, the games are predetermined to be seven innings to kind of help speed uh, things up, speed things up a little bit. Um, so they're not you know full nine inning games, of course. Um, so in the second game of the double header against the Atlanta Braves, uh, Diamondbacks pitcher Madison Bumgarner uh, threw seven innings of no hit baseball. Uh, so he technically got a no hitter. However, officially it does not count as a no hitter according to MLB statistics. Uh, it's officially defined in the, uh, MLB statistics as a no hitter as it says a pitcher has to throw uh, at least nine innings without giving up a hit. So the nine innings is in the rule to count that officially as a no hitter. So it won't go down in history as a no hitter. Um, but it kind of brings up an interesting debate, an interesting topic, uh, especially since these games are predetermined to be seven innings. Um, should they count as no hitters? James, I want to get your take. Um, should this count as an official no hitter? Absolutely not. Definitely Ooh. not. <laughs> I got you in there big time. Um, I was going to bring up the entire rule thing. I looked it up and I have it in my notes and quotes and everything, but you just did that for me. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> my biggest point against this is that there have been plenty of pitchers who have taught, played for nine innings and not given up a hit, yet they were not credited with a no-hitter. So for a pitcher to do the same thing, then be given a no-hitter is unfair. Mad Bum threw 98 pitches through seven innings. So let's extrapolate that, right? And if you divide those nine in, uh, seven innings with 98 pitches, it comes out to 14 pitches per inning. So if he's at that rate, which is a pretty good rate, because technically you want about 15 pitches per inning, if he was to keep up that rate at 14 per inning, he'd end up with 126 pitches at the end of the game, which is really high. Most pitches cap it at 100. It's kind of rare for a pitch to go over 100 these days. Mad Bum hasn't gone over 100 pitches in two years. So to expect him to do nine innings, 126 pitches in a perfect world right now wouldn't happen. He should not be credited with this no-hitter. He played great. Cool. Seven innings, 98 pitches worth. Not a no-hitter. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I think, you know, the, the, the no-hitter in baseball is such a rare and amazing achievement. Um, and to kind of, you know, account that for when it's not the full nine, it, 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 it's, it, it's not the same. Um, I'm surprised there's a lot of people that are for counting it as a no-hitter on, on Twitter. And, like, a lot of, like, baseball writers are like, why doesn't this count? And I'm kind of surprised by that um, because baseball tends to be filled with a lot of people that are very old school and very – traditional uh, so the fact there's a lot of opinions going the, the opposite direction was very interesting to me um, but I agree with you 100% no hitter is nine innings um, that's just how it works um, there, I mean I, I don't I couldn't tell you how many times a no hitter has been broken up in the seventh or, or eighth inning um, it's just you, you, you got to go the full the full nine to, to really make it count it's it, it's one of the most special things in, in, in sports to uh, accomplish uh, we've had two this year so far um, so it, I, yeah, I agree. With, I, I agree with you, James. I, I, I don't think it, 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 it should count. Um, does anyone disagree and think they should, or is everyone on the same page pretty much? All right, cool. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> moving on to my third oh damn moment. Uh, the Oakland A's after a one and seven start have won 13 in a row. Uh, that streak did get snapped um, yesterday against the Baltimore Orioles. Um, so quite a, quite a crazy roller coaster of a season so far there for Oakland. Um, brought back, you know, memories of the uh, Moneyball A's when they won, I think it was 23 or 22 straight games, uh, which is still an MLB record. So a lot of people were thinking, is this going to be the sequel to that? Didn't happen. Uh, kind of capped at 13, but still a very, very impressive win streak. 
Um, and then kind of looking at the uh, AL West standings early here, there it's pretty interesting. A lot of us had kind of the Angels and the Astros. I think most of us as a collective kind of being the, the top two dogs in that division. Um, Oakland A's, who I picked, obviously went on that 13-game winning streak, and now they're, they're sitting up there um, in first place. The surprise team that, are, that is in the mix right now is the Seattle Mariners. Uh, they're sitting one and a half games back. They've been playing really good baseball. Um, obviously still very, very early. Um, and the Angels are sitting in third and the Astros right there in fourth. The Astros got to a super, super great start and have not looked great since. Um, like I said, long season. Um, but looking at it, kind of we're nearing the end of the first month of the year. Um, Eric, I want to ask you, do you see this division as a four-team race um, of those four teams that I just mentioned? Yeah, hell yeah, dude. It's going to be a four-team race, um, unfortunately, because the Angels are in that division. Um, I think Mariners, they started out pretty hot. Um, I think it's going to be beginner's luck for them. They, they've done this in the past. They, they have like a good start and they kind of fade away. Um, Rangers are, they fucking, of course, yeah. beefy angels a few times, but their pitching seems to be complete dog shit. So I don't think they'll be one of the four teams. Uh, angels are going to have to cling on to dear life. I feel like with their pitching, their pitching is so it just fluctuates way too much uh, for me to be comfortable. Um, but yeah, you know, unfortunately the Oakland A's and the Astros ain't going nowhere. The A's have now won 13 in a row. Like you just said, um, and I got some stats cause we're all big stat guys and big fact checkers pitcher Cole Irvin. He's from Anaheim, California, everybody. Um, he had a 6.75 ERA with the Phillies in the 2019, uh, 20 season. And then now he goes to the Oakland A's, 3.86 ERA. Um, you know what I've noticed with the Oakland A's? I feel like they pick up a lot of guys um, who are talented enough. They're like they, – and they end up just working super hard when they get to Oakland and they prove themselves and they just make them a better team. Um, like, for instance, that guy right there, Cole Irvin. Another guy used Myro Petit. He was a pitcher for the Angels – did horrendous with us. We traded him to the Oakland A's. Uh, and during this 13 win streak, only one run allowed in 10 innings in his last nine appearances. So he's starting to, to get hot. Um, and then you look at Matt Olson, he's batting 441. So a lot of their guys are just contributing. Um, and, you know, they, uh, a lot of guys go there and they end up be becoming like that hard blue collar worker style. Um, and they just have a good team. So I think there's we got four teams now in the race there. I think the Mariners are going to fade out. I think the Angels are going to cling on for dear life. And I think the Astros and A's are going to be dominating, unfortunately. Yeah, it, it's a all four of these teams are kind of are really confusing uh, uh, so far for the season. I think a lot of teams, they're very inconsistent. Can't really figure them out yet, but I think that's just kind of the, the, the nature of the of the young season and I think come, you know, around all-star break, we'll have kind of a better idea of what this division is going to look like, but definitely the, the, the surprise there with, with the Mariners, um, a little surprised the Astros are kind of not doing as well. Um, and then, and the angels, you know, I think got off to a pretty good start. They've kind of come back down a little bit, but I still think that, like I said, I, I think they're going to be hanging around. I think they're going to be in the conversation most of the season, whether or not they can actually make that leap to a postseason team. I'm not so sure, but I think they'll definitely be in, in the conversation um, so very interesting the vision there. Um, James, what's on your mind? I feel like James has something he's disagreeing with here. I was just looking at the Mariners' <laughs> schedule. 
they haven't played the best teams. Uh, the best team they played is obviously the Dodgers, and they beat the Dodgers one time, I believe, in that series. Mm-hmm. But the teams that they played for the most part are the Orioles and the Red Sox. The Orioles had a 0% chance to make the postseason coming into the season. <laughs> the Orioles beat the Red Sox. The Mariners beat both the Orioles and the Red Sox. And that in and of itself is like 12 games. The Mariners are off to a hot start now. It's going to fade once they face tougher competition. Rather than, than the Dodgers, they haven't faced anybody else I've noticed like that you know should be good. Um, yeah, and like the Astros that had COVID stuff, like Altuve was starting off the year great. He got sent down because of COVID. And I mean, that's a pretty big hit to your team, as you as the Dodgers could tell with when Cody Bellinger went out. When somebody of that stature, who's that good, who's a leader on a team, gets knocked out for a couple of days, it takes a toll. The Astros are going to be better than what they seem now. Um, I think it's still going to come down to just the two th- the two teams being the Angels and the Astros. The A's had great momentum, but when their momentum fades, I want to see them get back on that winning streak. They lost to the Orioles today. What does that tell you? I mean, we'll see if they can get back. Zero percent chance. Zero percent chance. <laughs> but if they can get back on another winning streak, then I'll believe them. But yeah. to have a winning streak and keep that winning streak, then get knocked down and can continue your winning ways. That's kind of the true test to see how good your team actually is. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, like I said, the, you know, the A's especially, I mean, they looked awful the first couple of weeks of the season and then went on this amazing 13 game stretch where they looked unbeatable. I mean, they were unbeatable for 13 games. So it's, it's, it's interesting. I think there's a lot of teams like that in the American league, uh, in the American league overall. So a lot of teams that are going to go, you know, super hot and cold streaks. It's going to be a roller coaster of, of, of a season. And just kind of who can ever, you know, as, as you mentioned, James, kind of manage those highs and lows and kind of stay steady and we'll, and, and we'll see who uh, ends up on, on top um, in, in the end. Um, so moving on to my, my, my last oh damn moment, uh, Corbin Burns, pitcher for the Milwaukee Brewers, has gotten off to a super hot start. Um, he has struck out 40 batters so far this season and walked zero. Uh, that's one hell of a strikeout to walk ratio. It's very, very impressive. Um, I'm not totally sure what the uh, best start to an MLB season is. Um, but it's he's got to be closer. Probably he's already beat it. Yes, Alex? I know. Okay, well, first of all, after <laughs> I got this. After tonight, he's got 49. He got nine okay. more Ks tonight than and then um I believe it's Kenley Jansen with 51 okay. as a reliever, but trade in, I could be wrong. Uh, no, you're well, I mean, I I, I don't know. I, you might you you might be right, but I, I don't know if the, the stat I have has to do with just starters or, or what. But I don't know. Uh, yeah, he was a reliever, so that could be cheating. Go ahead, thank, Tyler. I'm sorry. No, thank you for the fact check. I appreciate that. So 49 strikeouts now to zero walks. Um, so it's very, very, very impressive. I think that the, the Brewers pitching staff as a whole was nasty. Um, but Traden, I want to ask you about Burns here. Uh, this, is a, this is a pretty awesome start. Um, just I want to get your take on it. Like how many strikeouts is this guy going to throw before he finally walks somebody? Yeah, you guys might not like what I'm about to say. Um, I, I, I want to throw some 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 real back back in your face. But before we get there, um, yes. So um, you are right, Alex. You, I think you're right um, that um, it was a Jansen. It was a reliever. As a starter, um, this is the best stretch of any pitcher, at least in t- uh, at least up until now. Um, he did play today, and I'll get there. Um, Burns is the first pitcher in the modern era to have 40 strikeouts and no walks in a stretch of four games at any point in the season. 
that uh, and that's since 1901 that that is a long I mean th there's not a he set the record um th the record was set back in 1893 I mean like the game like the like nothing was baseball man so nothing was regular then so yeah. um you know it, yes it, it was incredible however Oh, I guess to answer your question, he, uh, he got to 49 today. He still has yet to throw um, a walk. So uh, I'm going to, I'm going to say 55. I'm going to give him six more. I'm going to give him six more. Um, and, but here's the thing. I know you can't count this, but he hit three batters. I know, I know it doesn't count, but he's not that accurate if he's hit three fucking batters. Oh, and by the way, he gave up eight hits today, four earned runs against today. And he is two and three when he's starting. I mean, it is amazing, but let's cool our jets. Like, like, dude, the guy historically is not that good. I mean, he's okay. He's just not that good. He is off to an amazing start. I got to get my hats to, I got to tip my hat to him, but let's just like, it's, it's amazing that he hasn't walked him, that he hasn't walked that like anybody that, that is amazing. Um, he, I mean, he, I, I don't know why you can't count a hit, hit batter as a walk. Like why is can anybody answer why that's not a walk? Yeah. Um, so <laughs> obviously it's less pitches. You can, you can hit a batter on, you know, on, on one pitch, it's not four pitches. Right. So it's, it's a lot easier to hit someone on one pitch than it is to walk someone on four bad pitches. So that's why hit by pitch, you know, it's, it's, it could be a fastball that gets away. There's a pitch that gets away. It's a mistake. It happens. Um, but a walk is just one bad at bat. That's like four. Right. Yeah. So it's like, it, 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 it's a complete fuck up on the pitcher's part versus, you know, the uh, hit by pitch. It's just like, oops, sorry. You know, accidentally or on yeah. purpose sometimes. I, or I fuck you. Yeah. I or fuck you. Yeah. That, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, Quick question, Trin. Look, look uh, oh, go ahead. How many home runs has he given up? uh six no i mean i i don't know how many home uh home runs one one pretty solid okay that's for somebody who have 49 strikeouts and have one home run i mean like the fact of the matter is when you to strike somebody out you got to throw the strike zone for the most part i mean people foul the ball off sure but the fact that you're you're throwing him a pitch that he should be able to hit because you're throwing in this in the strike sure. zone and to only give up one home run in the period where he's struck out 49 people is amazing. No, no, it, it no, look, I, I, I come on this podcast to be, to bring, to, bring to, to make people raise their eyebrows, to make people think, what the fuck is he talking about? Look, I, I had to, I had to throw an angle in here that he was human today. He was not, he was not, he was not what he has been in the, in the first four games. That being said, you're absolutely right. 49 strikeouts with no walks. I mean, it was already unprecedented for today, and it's still the same. Um, you know, it's it's still that stat is still intact, and he's still growing on it. And you know what? I'm gonna give him six, which is actually more than like like going into this. I'm like, oh, oh like he's probably gonna throw a walk today, and he didn't. So, <laughs> so I couldn't say like 40 or 42. Um, it is amazing. Um, I just you know I. He, he did look human today. I, I have to say that. Um, and it, I, I know it's not up to him completely, but they are, they do have a losing record when he start when he's starting. So I know that's not completely up to him by any means. He, he's doing his part. The offense is not doing their part or the rest of the pitching staff's not doing their part. And that's unfortunate because, you know, when you're, when you have a guy that's doing this type of work and he's not getting the, the benefit of the win, 
you gotta you, you gotta you gotta address that because clearly your your guy is doing his job like he can't do everything so um yeah i mean it's amazing i had to, i had to make you guys raise your eyebrows a little bit that's part that's part of the whole thing um but yeah it's i'll give him 50 55 zero percent chance 55. if he's on the orioles <laughs> <laughs> yeah brutal all right so 55 strikeouts before his first walk all right, we'll, we'll, we'll see if Traden's right. Um, Let's all guess and see who got closer. Who gets closer. Okay, I'm going to go. I, I, I think he's going to get 61. I think he's going to wow. get 60. Yeah. That's James, 11 still. Yeah. James, what do you got? 66. Wow. Going up. Alex, what do you got? Um, I think he has to play the Dodgers, pitch against the Dodgers next. And their offense has been pretty garbage last oh, week. 50. So They're also one of the best – walk rate teams in baseball. That is true. That is, that is a good point. Is a walk yeah. machine. They're dude. very, they're uh, very good paid play to And Corbin Burgess on my fantasy team. Ooh. 69. Hey. Oh, yeah. Nice. <laughs> nice. Great number. So, We're going to go big. We're going to go real big. I'm going to let Eric answer, and then I have a question for the base. 60. Eric's got 60. I'm so probably I'm, wrong. I, I'm sorry, Burns. <laughs> I clearly don't love you as much as the rest of the PLD. He'll probably walk the first batter he faces. In. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I want to ask you guys what makes is it just nerves or, or what makes a batter walkable like is it that that they're so good that they're that pitchers are trying to get so close to the you know the edge that you know i mean that that's the classic debate of you know it's 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 hitter versus pitcher and um <clears throat> a, a batter is very it can be is very successful if he has good plate discipline meaning he's he's only swinging at strikes and he's not being fooled by pitches that look like strikes that end up being balls, right? So that's, you know, sliders, balls that move. Um, they, they have really good pitch recognition. So they can see very quickly and recognize very quickly, oh, this is a slider that's starting away and it's going to end up in the dirt versus some guys, you know, get nervous or they're, they're not very confident up there and they'll swing at pretty much anything because they're just trying to get, just trying to make contact. And on the pitcher side too, it's like, how confident am I going to throw this fastball up and in, you know, or, you know, throw, uh, throw, throw this curveball right down the middle because he's, he's not going to expect it. Or my stuff is just that good that even if it's right down the middle, they're, they're not going to hit it. You know, that kind of that Trevor Bauer confidence, right? I'm just going to throw, I'm, I'm going to tell you what's coming and you're still not going to hit it. You know, so it, it's, it's, it's that, you know, I'm coming at you. You're, you're coming at me. The chicken um, or the egg. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it's, it's, it's one of my favorite things about baseball. It's the kind of the, you know, the game within the game is that, is that pitcher versus uh, batter uh, 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 battle in there. I love it. Congrats, Burns. I, I don't don't mean any disrespect. I just had to have yeah. some fun. I mean, no, that's a good point. You know, he's definitely, I think we we make him seem like he's this elite, probably best pitcher in baseball. And as you mentioned, he's probably not quite that, but nonetheless, his uh, streak is pretty, pretty it is amazing. impressive. Um, that's all I got for baseball this week, Alex. So thanks guys for, for chiming in and uh, we'll look forward to some more next week. Yeah, I'm probably wrong about the Burns thing, but again, he's on my fantasy team, so yeah, I'm gonna. I'm oh, gonna you believe. love him, then, dude. Yeah, Go I'm big. gonna believe. Yeah, I'm gonna believe. Um, thank you, Tyler. As always, that was great. Um, we're gonna take a quick break, and then when we come back. Number ten through one. We're finishing up our NFL draft predictions with James. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back. Hey, James, the first time all five of us are here and we're finishing out 
the NFL draft picks. How great is that? It all kind of worked out. Yeah, dude, for sure. It all worked out. Finally, I mean, we got Eric here, Tyler here, trading Alex. You guys are always here, so it's cool. But it's got to have the group back together so I don't read off people's picks and make excuses for them. <laughs> and I'm honestly, like I said last week, I'm pretty sure Eric had multiple picks of the same person, but we'll see. <laughs> Did I? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> uh, this week is the top 10, 1 through 10. This draft is going to be pretty insane. Typically in years past, I've watched the draft and it's like, you kind of know who they're going to pick when they're going to pick them. But this year, there's so much smoke and mirrors, so many possible trades that are happening and just so many needs because people are dumping salaries. So they're trying to fill it any way they can. So this, this draft is going to be insane. Uh, top 10, I think we'll have a lot of people who are the same because typically top 10, you'll be able to kind of gauge who's going where based off talent and need. Uh, but we're going to start with number 10. We're going to start with the Dallas Cowboys. Trading, who are you picking? Yeah, um, it's gonna be it's gonna be the best um, CB on the on the board. It's gonna be Patrick Sertain the second um, from Alabama. Um, yeah, I I think that that's it. They need they need to improve that secondary, which is not very good. I agree one hundred percent. I have the same guy off to a good start because I told you guys we're probably gonna have a lot of the same ones here. He was the most locked down and consistent cornerback in the draft. The dude never allowed more than sixty five yards, and they locked up their offense and they locked up Dak Prescott. So let's look at the defense and improve the defense. Tyler, who do you got? Ditto, Mr. Patrick. Okay. Yep. Alex. <laughs> uh, I Same position, different player. I've got J.C. Horn, also a cornerback, coming out of South Carolina going there. Um, spoiler alert, Patrick is going to be gone before then. So that's why I don't Interesting. have to. Okay, that's, that's going to be fun. Eric, who you got? I have the same guy you and Tyler said. Interesting. But yeah, Patrick's are 10 3, JC Horn 1. Moving on to pick number nine, Denver Broncos. Tyler, who are you picking? I got an offensive tackle from Northwestern, Rashawn Slater. Uh, bulk up that um, offensive line a little bit there in Denver. Um, help help him out a little bit. So yeah, Rashawn Slater, I think probably one of the better, better offensive tackles. Got a couple um, before him, but yeah, Slater for uh, out of at Northwestern. So if I remember correctly, you still have four QBs on the board. Do so you think Drew Locke is the guy in Denver? Yeah, I, 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 I mentioned that before. I think that they're still going to give him one more season to, to prove himself. So we'll see. Okay, interesting. Alex. Uh, spoiler. Here we go. Patrick Sertain in the second. Cornerback. <laughs> <laughs> Alabama is going one pick before what you guys said to the Broncos. You also so believe Drew Locke's the guy? I also think they're going to give him one more year. Okay. Eric. I got Jalen Waddle, wide receiver from Alabama. Um, Drew Locke is going to, he's probably going to get like three weeks, or they're going to trade him in the draft and maybe get a quarterback or something. Who knows? I feel like I'm the only, I guess we'll see what trading thinks because I have a QB on the board. Uh, yeah. Trade, who are you picking? Uh, yeah. Bye bye, Drew Locke. Bye bye bye. Mac Jones from Alabama is going to Denver. Okay. I went with Trey Lance, QB, North Dakota State. Reason being, he's a dual-threat QB with a crazy arm. He's comped to Taysom Hill, but with arm talent. Uh, as I've alluded to, I don't think Drew Locke's the answer. He's had a couple of years, has not produced. The Broncos' offense hasn't been good in years, and the dual-threat and the big arm is going to intrigue a lot of people. And that's why I think Trey Lance is going to go to the Denver Broncos. I mean, James, to be fair, the, like the amount of – like the quarterbacks could go any way. Like it's so oh, no. crazy. So I don't think yeah. that's a bad pick yeah. at all. <laughs> exactly. I mean, 
this draft has the most generation quarterbacks that a draft has seen in recent memory. Crazy. Uh, moving on to pick number eight, the Carolina Panthers. Alex. Again, so this is where I made my trade last week. So oh, okay. for me, Bears. this is the Chicago Bears. And Andy Dalton, my ginger buddy, is not the future in Chicago. <laughs> so Justin Fields going to be the new quarterback in Chicago. Okay. Wow. Yes. Why, why yeah. Chicago? Why Justin Fields, Chicago? Because everything that I've read, he is dropping down the boards. He should be a higher pick. For whatever reason, teams are fading him. I think he's going to be the guy that's still going to be there for the Bears. They were going to take any one of these QBs. And at, at pick eight, that's going to be the last guy. So a little bit okay. of a spoilers for my – obviously my pick's coming up, but Justin Fields. Eric. Um, completely opposite. I got Rashawn Slater, offensive lineman <laughs> from Northwestern. Hey, they need, uh, they need blocking. They need to protect their quarterbacks. Whatever quarterback they do go with needs to have time to throw the ball. I also went with Rashawn Slater, uh, but remember this is the Carolina Panthers who just traded for Sam Darnold. Uh, ah. They did that with the belief, the, not the Bears. They did that with the belief that um, Darnold needed more time in the pocket to develop and the Jets offense is holding him back from his true potential. I think that's the case. Sam Darnold's USC tape was good. Playing for Adam Gates and the Jets really kills people's careers. So give him time, give him protection, give him another offensive lineman, protect Darnold, protect CMC. You can have a good offense with Matt Rule at the helm. Trading, who you got? I got the young quarterback in Trey Lance um, here. Um, the reason being is, to your point, Sam Darnold, I think, is going to kind of hold the mantle for a little bit. Trey Lance is young, so he's going to get a lot of time to develop. Uh, and I think that Sam Darnold is going to be kind of that that bridge um, to, to, to when Trey Lance finally enters the league. Um, I have him going here. Okay. And Tyler. Um, so I got Justin Fields to the Panthers quarterback, Ohio state um, kind of for the same reasons that uh, trade was mentioning. I don't think Sam Dar Darnold is going to be the long-term answer there in Carolina. Um, so they're going to draft, draft a young talented quarterback, uh, try and try and, um, you know, uh, to develop him until he's ready to kind of take on a full starting role. Um, or who knows, maybe Sam Darnold will, will suck so bad that they'll want him to come in earlier. Uh, we'll see. Um, but yeah, I think, I think the Panthers are going to go uh, quarterback here. Okay. Moving on to pick number seven, the Detroit Lions. Eric, who you got? Trey Lance, uh, <laughs> North Dakota State quarterback. Um, basically what Tyler just said, but with the Lions, I don't know if Jared Goff's going to be the guy. So get another quarterback there, start developing now. Unless you want okay. to base your future on Jared Goff. Okay. Uh, Trayton. Yeah, I actually think that they're going to give Jared Goff his his year that he probably deserves. I mean, um, so I have Devonta, Devonta Smith, wide receiver from Alabama. Um, that's a lot of Alabama guys going in the top 10. Like, they're really good. <laughs> that's NFL you, bro. Um, I, think, I think that he, he is going to have um, his number one wide out um with uh with Devonte smith Devontae smith okay tyler um i got micah parsons linebacker from penn state um i think you know they're gonna wow. keep keep going Jesus. uh defense here uh great talent there off the board i think probably the best linebacker you can get uh why not go get him okay uh <laughs> alex <laughs> Might be a little bit of a shock that he slides this far but i'm going kyle pitts tight end oh my god wow Florida. 
is going to slip because of team needs earlier on and giving Jared Goff that number one elite tight end slash wide receiver. I mean, he made Tyler Higby a top 10 tight end in, in the NFL. You think he can't make Kyle Pitts already top three tight end? He's going to slip to number seven. That is insane. Yeah, man. Oh, my God. Yeah, dude, um, I fucking predicted a trade. We're going big no, here. No, I, I love it. I love it. And you might be right, but that seems insane to me. I have Jalen Waddle, wide receiver, Alabama, going to the Detroit Lions. As I mentioned time and time again, the Lions suck. They're not going to go anywhere. So you need to highlight. You need a big play. You got to have a reason why people come watch you play, and that's going to be him. He is the fastest, most explosive, and athletic guy in this entire draft class. He's super fast. Jared Goff is really good at throwing the ball super deep. He's not good at throwing to tight windows. Jalen Waddle runs straight and really fast. Throw the ball far enough, maybe Jalen Waddle can catch it. Who knows? So I have Jalen Waddle going to the Detroit Lions. Moving on, number six, Miami Dolphins. Trading. The Miami Dolphins are going to uh, pick Jamar Chase, wide receiver. Tua's going to have Chase. He's going to have Devontae Parker. He's going to have Will Fuller. He's actually going to look elite, baby. Let's go, Dolphins. I, I agree 100%. I had the same pick there. Uh, he's the most wide receiver, complete wide receiver in the draft. Great route running. Went to the point of contact. Can break tackles after the catch. Guy's kind of crazy. He was an NFL body at the age of 19. Two years later at 21, he's going to be incredible. Uh, best wide receiver on this board and a draft full of really great wide receivers. Getting to another weapon, it's going to be key. Tyler, who you got? Jamar Chase, wide receiver, LSU. <laughs> Alex. Yeah, James, what you and Traden and Tyler just said. Yep. <laughs> and Eric. <laughs> Uh, Jamar Chase. And that watch that not even be the case. Like when they draft yeah. <laughs> <laughs> moving on number five, the Cincinnati Bengals, Tyler, you go first. I know you had a weird pick on this last time. Yep. So I've, I've completely flip flopped, um, you know, you guys and you have kind of changed my mind on, on the, the Bengals needs here. So I'm going to kind of go with the conventional wisdom and go with Penny Sewell, uh, offensive tackle out of Oregon. Clearly, you know, I was very much wrong. They don't need more wide receivers. Um, I just like wide receivers. I don't, I don't know why. I, it wasn't a very well-thought argument. I thought I, I thought I was clever, but clearly the more I thought about it, I was just being a dumbass as usual. Um, <laughs> bigger need is on the offensive line. They were horrible last year. Uh, this guy, the be- he's the best offensive lineman on, on the board. Uh, so he will go to number five to Cincinnati. I agree. Plain and simple, protect Joe Burrow and give Joe Mixon some room to run. Alex. Yeah, I predicted this pick during our what do these teams need segment uh, like uh, two months ago. Same guy. I think when 2021, 2022 is over, he's going to be the best rookie out of this class. Panay Sewell, offensive tackle, Oregon. Eric, go Ducks. Uh, yeah, I have him too, but I feel like you guys are mispronouncing his name. I think it's Peeny Sewell. Um, <laughs> that sounds very much not right. Or Penay. It could be Penay. That's what I've been saying, dude. <laughs> or Peeny. I feel like you really want to say keep, penis keep, keep really keep badly. Trying. Oh, Peeny. Look at it. P-E-N-E-I. Peeny. Oh, God. How do you pronounce his last name? Well, probably not. Oh. Swell. Swell. <laughs> wow. Swell. 
It's, this is great. Good job, Eric. Uh, Trayton, who you got? <laughs> yeah, Joe Burrow has been buried. Not anymore, baby. I don't even have to say his name. You guys said it already. <laughs> said it say it. What is it? <laughs> okay, moving on to pick number four, the Atlanta Falcons. Um, before we get into this one, reports have shown that Julio Jones is probably going to be out of Atlanta soon. The Falcons need cap space. Um, they're willing to trade away Julio Jones. So keep that in mind when you're making your pick. Alex, who you got? Yeah. This is uh well, there's four guys left, and I got <laughs> I got Trey Lance. Matt Ryan is still owed a lot of money, but he's not the future. Trey Lance, quarterback, North Dakota State. Maybe he can play some wide receiver. Who knows? Eric, who you got? I got Kyle Pitts, tight end from Florida. Um I do agree with Alex, though. I don't think Matt Ryan's the guy for much longer, but you know, this could be a, a tight end they develop over time, and whatever next quarterback comes in, this will be his tight end to go to. I agree. Um, I said this last week when somebody made a Kyle Picks pick. Was that you? I think you picked. I think yeah, I, you picked them way pick, down. You did I already pick him? Yeah, I think you picked him last week somewhere. <laughs> well, let me yeah. change it to he's going to go to the Falcons' fourth pick, tight end. Oh my god, you're obviously not going to win this. But um, <laughs> <laughs> last week I had mentioned that he's a hybrid between Travis Kelsey and George Kittle. Easily the best tight end in any draft that we've ever had. Um, he would have been a first-round pick even if he was just wide receiver. He was that good. He puts up better numbers than any wide receiver. He, in eight games, he had 770 yards and 12 touchdowns. In eight games, not even a full 12. Uh, so that was crazy that he put up that amount in that little time. And also blocks. So the fact that they're probably going to lose Julio Jones, adding another receiving threat who can also protect Matt Ryan is key. So I'm going to go with Cal Pitts there. Trading. Oh, yeah. You said it. Kyle Pitts from Florida is going to the Falcons. Um, look, I, actually, I want to ask you, over under top five tight end pick in fantasy? He, I think he's going to be like seven. Okay, fair enough. Uh, typically, tight ends have a really steep learning curve because they have to learn rock combinations and blocking schemes. So it takes him a while to develop. But I like I mean, the fact, yeah, he's, he's going to be a number two option, number three option on that team. Look, I, I think, I think Matty Ice is going to have a little bit of a resurgence. I love Matty Ice. I think he's going to, I think he's going to have a, uh, a season and he's going to have a elite tight end by week three, four, four. Okay. And Tyler. Yep. I agree with uh, most of you guys here. Carl Pitts, tight end Florida. Moving on. Number three, uh, the San Francisco 49ers, my favorite team. This is an extremely hard pick for me to project, but I want to hear what you guys have to say. So, Eric, you go first. <sighs> Justin Fields, quarterback. Uh, Jimmy G is not the guy. He's done. He's not who you should rely on for the future. Maybe they give him one more chance this year. Ohio State quarterback Justin Fields to the Niners, third pick. That's what I have written down as well. I also have Justin Fields, but I this is the pick that I'm least confident in in this entire mock draft that we're doing. At pick number three, the Niners have a, can pick anybody from Justin Fields to Trey Lance to Mac Jones. And all those guys can fit that offensive scheme and play under Scott, Kyle Shanahan, especially if they're going to give Jimmy G the first year, the first couple of games, and give that rookie QB some time to develop and learn that position a little bit better. So I'm going to say Justin Fields, but honestly, I'm not sure. Trade. 
Yeah, I mean, reading reports on on this pick is, like you said, is probably the biggest one. It's a three-headed monster they could have picked from. And I've already picked – two of the three are gone in my little rankings. So, yeah, Justin Fields. Um, to me, he's kind of a perfect fit, James, for your guys' scheme. Um, he throws on the run. He can he can carry the ball himself. That's kind of what Kyle Shanahan like how he likes to play. There's more smaller throws, intermediate throws that he's gonna be he's gonna shine in. That's that's your that's your system. Um, and I think that he's gonna be um, he's gonna he's gonna change your uh, your he's he's the quarterback you guys need. Tyler. Yeah, like you guys said, this this is a toss up. I think it's a really tough one to pick. Um, but I, I'm going to go with Trey Lance, uh, quarterback out of North Dakota State. A uh, cu- couple of uh, opinions that you know I've heard from 49ers uh, coaching and, and scouts is they really like this guy. I mean, I'm sure they like Justin Fields too. And there's, I, I think you really can't go wrong with either one. Um, so it really is just kind of how they feel, and it, it may be just an internal thing, you know, how they you know kind of get their vibe and kind of how they feel like they fit. Uh, both personality wise and, you know, obviously um, as a, as an athlete, uh, but I'm, but with just the way that my draft fell, uh, I'm going to go with uh, Trey Lance here. And Alex. Um, I think you guys are all forgetting that NFL teams don't always pick the player that fits their best for their team. They make mistakes all the time. Um, so with that said, Mac Jones going to the 49ers is going to be a fucking nightmare. He's going to be pretty much the exact same thing as Jimmy G, and it's not going to go well. From what I've from what I've seen, this is like the toughest pick to predict within the top, Definitely. you know, ten probably. Definitely. But I have no faith in the Niners to make the right choice, so I'm having to make the wrong wow. choice, and that's Mac Jones. Okay, I mean, I hate it but I love it at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, moving on number two. I mean, at this point, it's pretty cut and dry. Um, Trayton, number two pick, New York Jets. BYU, Zach Wilson. Okay, <laughs> Tyler. Um, yeah, BYU, Zach Wilson. Alex. Trevor. No, I'm just kidding. Zach Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> and Eric. Mac. I'm just kidding. Zach Wilson. <laughs> BYU. And for number one, Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm pretty sure we're up Trevor. Every, everyone at the same time? No. <laughs> <laughs> Trevor. He needs to Trevor Lawrence. That's, I mean, come on. Trevor. To be honest, this guy's been a consensus number one overall pick since his freshman year of high school. Like, he, he was going to be number one no matter what. Uh, Didn't he just get married? He did. He did yeah, just he get did. married, and the, all the Jaguars fans donated a bunch and bought from his, um, his registry. So that's really cool. so, what so if he doesn't like, get drafted there? I, I feel like Jacksonville fucks everything up. This is something they can't fuck up, right? This is yeah. this is they actually I mean, they could, like, but they, they can't. Like it's impossible. Well, right? See, they could they could not fuck it up by picking him, but then they could fuck it up by the fact that they're the Jaguars and ruin him. Yeah, more accurate. Could do up Urban Meyer as a coach now. Like could be that's true. Thing. We'll see. Anyway, stay tuned for the results. I'll announce it. The draft is this Thursday, I believe. So I'll go ahead and announce it next podcast, and we'll see who wins. Not Eric. So that's <laughs> um, All right. I'm a little disappointed that I'm the only one that predicted a trade. I feel like I went big, and I am pretty proud of myself for that. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> um, but, James, this was super fun. Uh, I have a feeling we're all going to do just – dog shit (laughs) to be completely honest um but it was crazy fun um we're gonna take one last break and then trade in is gonna finish out the night uh with some hockey we'll be right back 
All right, we're back. Uh, apparently, we have to talk about hockey. I feel like we can just skip the fantasy portion of that, personally. Oh, no. Oh, uh, no. You can't <laughs> weasel your way out of this one, man. Oh, okay. Oh, Go for it, Trayden. Yeah. All right, let's start with fantasy. Look, the first and second seed are not winning fantasy this year. Dumb. They are done. James, Tyler, both won their won their uh, two week playoff, and they're actually playing each other. Um, I do you guys really even care about the third and fourth place battle? No, no. I'm like, I think they win it. twenty bucks. For the next, they win their money week, back. Yeah. For the that's true. For the next two weeks, all we're going to talk about is Tyler and James. Um, as it stands like right it. now, after day one, James has two hundred fifty two points to Tyler's seventy six. I know what that the hell, like Tyler. Why couldn't you done that yesterday? <laughs> that seems like a wide margin. <laughs> Saturday. I mean, James just put up 252 points in like a day, so that could easily flip. It'll, it'll flip. It'll flip. It'll easily flip the other way. Um, look, there. I mean, I'm I'm struggling to find like really interesting things to talk about. I'm sorry about that, but I think I got some I got some okay ones. Um, to be honest, uh, I'm gonna start off right from the top. Let's see. Yeah. Um, Vancouver Canucks have gone, well, I guess now three and two in their first weeks. Uh, they went three and one in their first week back since March 24th. They are currently actually as at, after tonight's games, um, I want to update this. They are 10 points out of, out of a playoff spot, but have five games at hand on the Montreal Canadians. Montreal won their game today against Calgary and Ottawa beat Vancouver Canucks. So Vancouver did not get a point, but Technically, Vancouver still has a has the games at hand to to make the playoffs. Um, so, Eric, I asked you, I'm going to ask you: Can Vancouver pull off pull off this this feat and make the playoffs after a terrible season of COVID and and all this shit? Uh, no, fuck them because <laughs> they fucked me over in fantasy, as I explained earlier with Thatcher Demko when the whole team went down with COVID, but no, I actually don't think they could do it anyways. Um, it's just not enough time. What do they have? Six games left or something? Like uh, They actually have 14. 14? Oh, shit. 14 and, and they're, they have five games at hand. So they, there's a potential 10 points there, which would have them tied with Montreal, assuming Montreal didn't win another game. Exactly. So they need Montreal to lose game, like the rest of their games, which – I don't see that happening. Um, but not only were they hit with the COVID storm, they came out flat this year. We all thought they would be better. They signed Holtby, a Stanley Cup winning goaltender, um, who hasn't – he finally had a good couple games these last, like, three games. So, you know, it took him a while to get going. I think it's too little too late. Uh, Pedersen is still out with an injury. That, that's, like, one of their top players. Um I feel like they kind of just lost some swagger this year. They got rid of Tanev, who seemed to be a big locker room guy that helped them a lot last year. They Last year we saw him almost uh, go to the Western Finals and almost beat Vegas in a game seven. Ended up being like a one-goal game that Vegas scored in like the third period with a little bit of time left. Um, but I think this year maybe people had uh, higher expectations for them and they, they haven't really fulfilled that. I think it's too little too late and that they're not going to pull this off. Look, I said this maybe five weeks ago that the Canucks were dead and I have to stand by that or else I, you know, I, I, I can't, I can't just be a flip flopper. That's, that's not cool. You got to stick with, you got to stick with what you believe. I believe they're out of it. However, 
Um, I do just want to point out that they, they do have a lot of games against the Flames, and they have one more game against the Senators this season. Those are winnable games, especially right now. The Flames are kind of – I don't know what they are. They, they are really struggling. Um, the the um, Daryl Sutter thing hasn't really panned out as I expected. I just don't think he has the personnel that he needs to make that team what he needs to make it. Um, this is the type of coach that he is. Um, he is playing the Oilers like four times, which the Oilers right now are playing very well. The Jets are going to be fighting for, for second place, and they play the Maple Leafs twice. It's a big uphill battle, but I'll also look at it the other side. Um, James's Montreal Canadiens are just very inconsistent for me. Um, they're four, four and six in their last ten, and they're just all over the place. They have a they have an, um, a zero goal differential now, and they did have a positive, you know, they had a positive one for the longest time, a very strong positive goal differential. But they have just fallen from grace from that early on. But I think I'm going to agree with you, Eric. I think they're done, um, but I think they're, they're going to battle it out. They're going to try, um, and and they should. I mean, if you have a chance, you have a chance. I, I just don't think Calgary has the the, the willpower, um, but I just think Vancouver is just too far out, unless unless Montreal just can't figure it out. Um, James, I guess this does include your Montreal. Do you think Montreal is going to be the, you know, be that, take that spot or what? Yeah, I do. Um they need some veteran leadership by now to kind of lead them through this period of burnout of plateau. I think Carey Price can be that leader, but right now he's out with a concussion. Yep. So without being in there and playing, it's going to, somebody needs to step up. And I, I'm really hoping Jeff Petrie does that soon because he's kind of been one of the top guys this year, especially on defense, a top goal, like point getter. He needs to step it up right now, bring some of that veteran mindset and leadership to, a reasonably young team and a team that is kind of inexperienced because all those guys have picked up this offseason who haven't played in a while or haven't had a, that playoff experience. Um, when Carey Price comes back, I think he'll be that veteran leadership that kind of captains the ship and leads them to where they need to be. Oh, I like it. I like it. Um, if just, just to give you guys a quick rundown, if the playoffs started today, Montreal would be playing Toronto to me right on paper. That seems like a complete mismatch. And Edmonton would play Winnipeg, which has been a very fun series all season. So I'm very excited for, for the playoffs. They're just, you know, in the Oilers have 10 more games and Vancouver has 14. Um, so we're, we're getting close. Uh, moving on to the East, Pittsburgh shut out the Bruins yesterday to earn the top spot in the Mass Mutual East. They went from sixth to first in a matter of, what, four or five weeks. Um, Alex, I know you love, for some reason you love taking the East, uh, the, the East topics and I love it because I, I need, I need to follow them more. Um, I guess my question for you is, does is Pittsburgh going to be able to sustain this to, to win the division in the regular season, but also do you think they have the firepower and the willpower to win the first two rounds to be the team out of the, out of the top two uh, or the first two rounds there? Yeah. You know what the crazy thing is? So one of my best buddies, we talk about hockey all the time. He's a huge Pittsburgh Penguins fan. I mentioned him on the podcast a couple of times. I remember texting him maybe early March, late February, saying, is it time to blow it up in pit? Like, I was full-on ready for them to blow it up. And was I wrong? Because they've gone on an absolute tear over the last month. Um, Obviously, they've traded for the hottest man in hockey, Jeff Carter. That is super helpful. Um, And you still have Malkin just waiting in the wings, He's um, there's still not a super good timetable for his return. 
but it seems like the organization says he'll be back before the end of the regular season. Um, you know, obviously getting him back sooner rather than later would be ideal. Get his legs back under him, getting him back up to, you know, NHL speed. Um, look, I mean, I think when we, and we talked about, I think I talked about this last week, we talked about the East being unbelievably tough yes. when the season started and it's kind of been a letdown. I mean, the Flyers have been a disappointment. I mean, a huge disappointment. The Sabres should be relegated. Uh, the Devils are <laughs> terrible. Um, the Rangers have finally turned it around. Um, you know, they'd probably be a playoff team in other divisions. But I, uh, I just don't really trust the other three teams. I don't have a bunch of faith in especially the goaltending for the other three teams. And um, Yari has been playing a lot better as of late. And I think he can carry them. And I think Pittsburgh, I mean, there's a lot of guys, you know, Bergeron, Ovechkin, you know, that have a lot of playoff experience on those other two teams. The Islanders, again, are just the most annoying team in hockey. But I think Pittsburgh is surprisingly somehow the most deep team. Wow. Um, you know, and any team that has Crosby and Malkin is going to compete and I so to answer your question, yeah, I think they can hold on to it. They've been playing the best hockey of, of of late. You know, sometimes that's what it's all about. I mean, I know we bring this up all the time, but we saw with the Kings, the eight seed in 2012, they played hot. They won the cup as an eight seed. So, yeah, I think Pittsburgh has a really good shot to come out of the East and be one of the final four. Yeah, um, I, I, I love what they've done um, ever since Ron Hextall and uh, Brian Burke took over the management team. And I'm, I'm, I'm a big follow of Brian Burke. He's a former GM for the Anaheim Ducks back when they won their cup. Um, he's also been part of Sportsnet, which I listen to every single day. Um, he, you know, they came in and I, I didn't know what they were going to be able to do. There was questions whether, uh, you know, Malkin or Crosby were going to be on the trading block or the tang. Um, they, they kept it together um, and they brought in they brought in now Jeff Carter. And I think that they're, to your point, I think they're probably the deepest team in terms of the scoring all the way through the lineup. You don't have the problems that Boston has where the only one line can score. Um, they have a plus 34 goal differential. That is best in the, uh, that is best in the, in the mass mutual East, just ahead of the Rangers who are actually on the outside looking in, who did have the best goal differential, ironically enough. Um, their home split is is insane. 23 and two. They've lost five games at home. They are, they love to play at home clearly. Um, and they're eight, one and one in their last 10 and they're on a four game winning streak. I think, I think you're absolutely right. They are, they're going to come out of the top or out of that division. They do, are, they are like tiny bit behind the Washington in terms of the, in terms of the point percentage, but that's, I mean, one more game, one more Washington loss and boom, it's, it's flipped the other way. So, um, you know, I, I think that Pittsburgh is going to win the mass mutual East. Um, and I think that they have a very good shot of making those first two, uh, or winning those first two rounds. Um, to your, to your point before that, that the East is a little bit of a letdown. I, I, I would agree. I will say that it must be because New Jersey and Buffalo are so bad, but the point percentage between the top six teams is better than anybody else. Like the, like the, 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 the fifth and sixth point, uh, there's Rangers and, and Philadelphia both have better uh, point percentages than like, than like the fourth spot in the, in the Honda West. Which leads me to think that they're just like New Jersey and Buffalo just get their asses handed to them every single night, and we obviously uh, that we did see that. Um, I I would love to see the Rangers like squeak in because I think that they've really turned it on. I don't think it's going to happen though. I think it's just too 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 little too late. 
Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you. Let's see, let's see Pittsburgh uh, win, win the Mass Mutual East because, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised at this point. Um, just like I said about the Scotia North, um, if, if the playoffs were to start today, Pittsburgh would be taking on Boston. I, I would love to see that series. That'd be a fun series. Um, and Washington would take on the Islanders offense versus defense classic battle. Um, that would be, it'd be interesting to see how that kind of, um, pans out. And now we're going to move over to the Honda West. Um, James, you wanted to take, take this one over. Um, if I'm not mistaken, the Honda West, they were the first, they, their top three teams were the first to clinch the playoffs already. Um, it's very early. I would say that they were the only, only ones to clinch so far, but that is not true. Carolina earned their, their loser point today and did um, clinch the playoffs in the discover central. Um, But that fourth spot is up for grabs and it has been an ugly ass battle. I mean, I, I hate the bottom of the uh, bottom of the Honda guys. I'm so sorry. The bottom of the Honda past Minnesota is absolutely terrible. In my opinion, Um, Vegas, Colorado, Minnesota, as I mentioned, all clinched, um, but it is a battle for the fourth spot. Um, To me, it's between St. Louis and Arizona. You could maybe say that if, if San Jose wins their game right now, they could have a chance, but James, who do you think is taking that four spot? It's so crazy that technically every single one of those teams still has a shot. The Ducks, who are in my power rankings, number 30, still have a shot at making playoffs if they went out. They haven't Can't eliminated? Happening. They haven't been Not eliminated? Yet. Oh, wow. They might tonight because they're losing against the Kings. Th- that's but, how bad it is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're so terrible. Uh, but I'm going to agree with you. Uh, I think it's going to come down to the wire, and I think it's going to be the Blues and the Coyotes. Um, at the end of the day, I do think the Blues take that number four spot and make the playoffs that way. The goal difference right now is Blues with negative eight, Coyotes with negative 22. So that's the only stat that really sets them apart right now. Uh, the Blues are ahead by one point, and the Blues have also played two less games than the Coyotes have. Further looking into stats this way, everything else is pretty much neck and neck. There's really no real differential other than the goal differential and the way that they play in their power play minutes and the power plays and their power play, like in their power kill or power power in their kill, whatever, you know, what I'm Penalty trying to say, Penalty Penalty. there it is. Uh, got <laughs> I watch hockey clearly. <laughs> um, so what I looked at was these weird little stats, you know, maybe somebody can, one of these teams can play better away from home. And that's what the case is here. The blues play better when they're away. They have a better record away. They've won six more games away. And right now 60% of the remaining games are away. So that could give them an edge. Um, also, the Blues have been competitive in the games up until the very end. They haven't lost more than two goals since the beginning of April. On the other hand, when the Coyotes lose, they lose by more than two goals often. So if you look at it that way, the longer you can stay in games, the closer you are, the more competitive you technically are. The more you fight, the better your culture, the more you win. Ah. <laughs> to be honest, though, I don't really know what I'm talking about. So it's going to come down to the feeling, and I just feel like the Blues are going to take it because they have more of that pedigree. They've had more success recently. They won a cup recently. The Coyotes have been kind of off the map up until the last two years. So I think the Blues will just take it due to the fact that they have before, and they have the personnel to do so and the experience to do so. The Blues, the Blues are lucky to even be where they are right now, just in the fact of what Traden said, where like they were expected to be way better this year and they have, they've just haven't really done shit this season and they're still like probably going to make the playoffs. They still have time to turn it on. 
And it's just like, fuck, you know, that's how bad the division is. That's that's the beauty of playing in a terrible division. (laughs) Let's be real. Um, Look, look, because because my fiance is a huge sharks fan. I'd lo- I, I would love for them to make it in. Don't shoot me TLDR podcast. Oh, no. I know you hate the sharks. Uh, I get it. I understand it. <laughs> um, um, and I'm not going to say that you're wrong. Cause you have, it's, that's gotta happen. Um, but the sharks are one, eight and one They're They're in the last 10. They're, they're not making it. So it is between <laughs> Arizona and St. Louis. Um, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to actually pull for Arizona just to be different than you, James, because I, you know, I, I like that. I, I want the first thing I looked at was what the difference in save percentage was. And you're absolutely right. They're both sub 900 at like 0.896 and 0.898, both trash, both terrible. They're losing us the Sharks right now. Just so you know, it's like four to two. Yes. And yeah, and the, <laughs> I, I saw those four goals, yeah, one, eight, one Sharks, <laughs> four goals against, and it's just not good. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, <laughs> I think to your point, James, the, whatever team's going to make it in is going to lose like yeah. <laughs> in the first round. It's not even going to be a, a big matchup. Um, but I'm just going to say the Arizona Coyotes just because I think they have, um, you know, they, I, I don't know, just feeling, I feel it, you know, whatever. <laughs> um, and I just want to be different. I don't want to be, I don't want to, you know, be alike and everything. I guess the only thing I could point to is St. Louis does have a better, um, 10 game stretch of, you know, they're fine. Five and five Arizona's three and seven. Not very good. <laughs> That's not really helping my case here. Um, but I don't know. I, I just, I gotta be different. I can't, I can't um, completely, um, you know, agree with you, but um, the Honda West, if we, if we were to start the playoffs today, Vegas would be taken on St. Louis. What a mismatch. Does, does anybody even put any money on St. Louis? No, I would not even just- stupid money. No, no I would. enough to make me like a hundred bucks off of five. Yeah, I put money on it know. just for a possible upset. That's exactly. Fair. And like I was just saying, like they've all year they haven't done shit. They've been lucky to be where they are, but like now it's like okay, they might get in the playoffs and might just turn it on at the right time, kind of like the Kings when they were the eighth seed. Yeah, but, that's very true. And just fuck Vegas. That'd be so great for them to just lose right immediately yeah. to the Blues. Yeah, that, that would be kind of crazy. However, Vegas has the best goal differential, the the longest streak, the best point percentage, and I don't need to go on because they're one. Didn't of the you best. argue it's because they play in the worst division? That could be the case. Yes. Trade you have to face the second best team in the league. You know, eight, uh, eight also times in the worst division. Traden, is the Stanley <laughs> Cup final really going to be Vegas, the Vegas Colorado series? You know, you know, like. Yeah, like, I, I love that. wins that. So you're saying the second round would be the Stanley Cup final? Yeah. Um, Just like the year the Kings played the Rangers, it was like whichever Kings or Blackhawks come out of the West is going to be the Stanley it, Cup champion. I Same would like thing. to think so. And actually, the way that the, the – to, to Eric's point earlier, the way that the whole division is set up, it does suck that these two teams have to play each other so early because this yeah. should actually be the Western Conference final. Like if, if we were back to normal, um, this should be the Western Conference final. Uh, I I'm going to say not necessarily because I think that those two teams are going to run each other into the ground. And by the time mm-hmm. you get out of that, you're going to play a, you know, you're going to play a, um, you know, a Carolina who breathes through maybe, or, or Toronto who breathes through, you know, um, but that could make you stronger. So I, I, I think that that, if you're not watching to your point though, if you're not watching that series, you're an idiot. I think that that's a <laughs> must watch series second round of the playoffs. Even if you don't like hockey, you'll like it after that after that series because it's going to be amazing. 
Um, and even if the ice is melted, even if the ice is, <laughs> melted. Um, and Colorado would be playing Minnesota. Um, look, Minnesota has been, has been, a, has been great. It's a great story. I just don't think that they can compete with Colorado. Let's be real. Um, before we move on to the fourth, even though we're not talking about the discover central, um, I do want to say the playoff thing um, at, as it stands today, Carolina would play Nashville. Um, although I'm still pulling for Dallas on that one. I think Dallas. Nah. Brad's baby. Hey, they just beat Carolina today, man. That's cool. Yep. Um, and Florida would play Tampa. Like what? Like Florida would play Tampa in a playoff series, guys. <laughs> that is what Florida needed. That is what the Florida Panthers needed. They need. They need this type. Like it's always been. I guess that's a terrible rivalry, right there, Eric. Florida and Tampa <laughs> Bay. It's been completely mismatched. But I don't think it Let's is. Go Florida. I don't think it is anymore. I think that they that Florida could give them a run for their money. Well, this is how rivalries are created, Traden. Yeah. I guess it's the one it. thing we could give the NHL credit for this year. It's the if they did one thing right. It's putting Florida and Tampa Bay in a series. I, I and I mean, think about it. You get a better rest because you're not traveling quite as far. It's going to be such a great series. Think of how many fans are going to be there. <laughs> it's Florida. It's It'd be so much fun. Florida would have a problem, but Tampa Bay wouldn't. So. <laughs> Um, moving on to my fourth one. Um, this is just a little bit of, you know, I guess, housekeeping issues um, with the NHL. The Scotia North Division is currently mulling over options for its playoffs, mostly because, you know, in those last couple rounds, assuming that the the winner goes on to the Stanley Cup final, the 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 teams would have to travel to Canada. The American teams would have to travel to Canada, and due to the Canadian border, you know, shut down to the Americans, uh, and you know, even though the NHL got a a shortened um, quarantine period because of COVID um, it's still been quite strict and it would almost make it impossible for it to be a viable um, situation unless the, unless the Canadian government, you know, gave the NHL in, uh, in um, exception. Um, so a bubble is being considered for the North playoffs, a bubble here in the United States. So Tyler, um, first of all, do you think this is a viable option? I guess I'm going to, I'm going to start there. Um, if, if the border restrictions don't get lifted, I think it's unfortunately probably their only option, not their only option, but it's probably the best option. Um, it's not ideal because you want to play in your home arena with potentially a few fans there. Um, so it really suck for the fans not to be able to see their team in the playoffs. I mean that you don't want that. Um, ideally you want to be in your home arena. Um, but all going to come down to what Canada decides um, on, on the restrictions at the border. That, that, that's what's going to come down to. It's probably going to come down to the very last minute. You know, I'm assuming they're probably talking with, you know, government of, of officials about this, hopefully to get an exception, like you mentioned. Um, so I hope it doesn't come to the U S bubble. And I hope that they can play in Canada because, you know, as a fan, you know, if, if I was in a situation, you know, get a chance to go to a playoff game for my team, like I'm going to want to do that. So um, for all for all the Canadian fans up there, you know, I hope that it happens. I hope those uh, the restrictions get lifted one way or another. Um, So but but if it doesn't, it's I think they're going to have to do a U.S. bubble. Yeah, I I agree with you. And, you know, unfortunately, for the longest time, we were saying how Canada is doing amazing at at keeping the covid out. That is not the case right now. They are way worse than us right now. Um, and to be fair, it's, it's, it's also a lot has to do with the vaccine rollout. Um, but they, like, I, I don't even think if I talked to my family, they would even think about going into an arena. Like they couldn't even, they couldn't even fathom that idea. And we're, and you know, the, the ducks are having fans, 
San Jose is having fans. <laughs> like it's a completely different, or the Warriors had fans. Like it's completely different here. Um, so I, I, to your point, I think that they're going to be, and I think it's going to end up in a bubble inevitably. And I think that it's going to end up early. Like it's going to end up the first round. Like they're going to be yeah. coming down early. So my, my question for you is there's not going to be any quarantine period. They're just going to be able to set up shop. Um, and I'm not sure how strict the bubble will even be compared to last time. Like I don't like here in the United States, it's going to be, a, it's much different unless the NHL has its own protocols, but where would you set up shop for this, for the, uh, for the North division? I think you go to wherever state is allowing the most fans, which probably Texas. So, so if Dallas doesn't make the playoffs, go to Dallas. Okay. Okay. Um, I, I like that idea. Um, I, I think, but so what if they do? What if they go to Dallas? Yeah. No. What if, what if Dallas does make it and they can't really support oh, that? Yeah. Then obviously you couldn't go to Dallas. So whatever the second, there's no alert second team in Dallas. So I don't know. I don't, I don't know what this go to San Antonio off my head. But you know, probably yeah, probably some. Or maybe... can you just convert a stadium, like take AT and T Stadium and convert it into? Or yeah, there you go. You could. Go, to, go to Arizona. You could go to Arizona. The, the, here's the issue with Arizona right now, guys. Here's a crazy stat. Um, fit, so they're allowing fifty percent capacity in at Arizona games, and they're not selling the fifty percent capacity. Because the carries suck. Because <laughs> I mean, I, well, the, the also the issue is is the is the the location of the rink is not very is not very good for, for this, for the people in the city. So I don't know how many fans would go there. Um, but you know, I think that's a good idea in terms of like the, the restrictions being lifted. I think the Arizona is probably next to Texas is, is probably the best. You can't go to Florida because both teams are making it. That's, that's not a viable option. Or, or do you go to, go to LA, like a, a, northern, go to LA. a northern state? I, if, if I could see the Oilers play a playoff game during yeah. COVID my, first of all, my family would hate me. And two, I don't even give a shit because I get to see the other stuff. I mean, you got two. You got two stadiums. The teams are not going to make the playoffs. It's true. Restrictions are lifted. Yeah, it's true. It's very true. I'd go I to the, center center. the Honda Honda Center, whatever the fuck it's called. I think do you it. could put two teams and you know put do two teams in one and two teams. Yeah, in the two other. teams in the other. You Done. Really do we that. figured it out. We figured it out. You're I, welcome. I think Gary the Benson. Honda Center is way more dot, like usable though because 100 Staples Center oh, yeah. use it for basketball too. 100. Yeah. And so, like, there's less work to be done at the Honda Center versus That's Staples. True. That's true. And they're going to be playing every other day anyway. So, I think it would yeah. be fun. Maybe Lakers um, and Clippers both in the playoffs at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Like, coming down to that point. So Yeah. Um, my, my, last, my last option or idea would form. be um, – My last option and idea would be Buffalo. So fine. So fine. There um, you go. And the reason, the reason I say Buffalo is – they they do they they do this uh, survey every single year and of all the fan all the, of all the hockey watchers for teams for hockey playoffs that aren't like for for fans that are not their teams are not in the playoffs buffalo by far has the biggest viewership of hockey cuz their teams never in the playoffs but they have the biggest viewership for hockey they have a very strong hockey fan base there and i think it would be kind of cool um, to give them the opportunity to, to, you know, express that and actually go see playoff hockey. Cause they're never going to see it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's brutal. Unless they, unless they take the trip to New to, to, you know, the city. And I don't think they really want to do that. <laughs> so um, that's just another option, but it, it's interesting. We'll keep everybody updated. Um, that's all I got guys. Hockey is coming down to the wire last few weeks here. Yeah. Thank you. Traden. Um, before we end, I'm going to endorse Tyler for fantasy hockey champion. 
Oh, um, I'm throwing that out there. Oh, uh, beat you last year. Right. One, because James <laughs> cheated to win last year because the season ended and he just happened to be in first place. <laughs> I don't know really cheat that. <laughs> I don't know. You cheated. Don't worry about it. And because he beat me this year. So I'm endorsing Tyler's fantasy hockey champion. Oh, yeah. um, Thank you. Uh, <laughs> you're welcome. Down by uh, 200. Down by 200. <laughs> the comeback will be real. Um, other than that, thank you guys for listening. Um, you know, if you enjoy it, please, you know, give us a review, rate us, give us a like, hit us up on all the social media platforms except for Facebook because um, we won't respond to that one. Um, <laughs> other than that, again, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, have a great week and we'll talk to you next time. Bye.